The Water Values Podcast is sponsored by the following market-leading companies and organizations. By Intera, innovation and stewardship for a sustainable tomorrow. By Xylem, let's solve water. By the American Waterworks Association, dedicated to the world's most important resource. By Black & Veatch, building a world of difference. By CanDo, providing actionable insights from utility wastewater data to improve environmental and public health. By Mentor APM, intelligent asset management software built for water. By 374 Water, pioneering a new era in sustainability. And by Woodard & Curran, high-quality consulting engineering, science, and operations services. This is Session 206. Welcome to the Water Values Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to water utilities, resources, treatment, reuse, and all things water. Now here's your host, Dave McGimsey. Hello and welcome to another session of the Water Values Podcast. As my daughter Sarah said, my name is Dave McGimsey and thank you so much for joining me. And I hope, of course, that 2022 has gotten off to a great start for all my listeners. Uh, we've got a great guest for you today. We have Christina Lundbeck of Surf Cleaner. Christina is from Sweden, and please say, let me say how impressed I am with Christina and with, all, frankly, all my international guests at their proficiency in English. I find it uh, amazing how well non-native speakers can communicate in English. It's, it's, English is simply a hard language, and it just makes me appreciate how hard people like Christina work to speak English. I mean, I took three years of French in high school and another couple semesters in college, and I'm not nearly as proficient in French as Christina is with English. So uh, I think we, we owe a big debt of gratitude for uh, those who are non-native English speakers learning the language because it, uh, it it helps fosters our communication and they work so hard at it. So thank you, Christina, and uh, all my international guests. And I promise you, you're going to love hearing Christina talk about Surf Cleaner and the great story behind its invention. So stay tuned for that impressive interview with Christina. Well, as per normal, we begin with a hearty thank you to our sponsors in Terra, Xylem, the American Waterworks Association, Black & Veatch, CanDo, Mentor APM, 374 Water, and Woodard & Curran. What a terrific collection of impactful companies that have decided to support water industry education and thought leadership. Thank you all. Your support is greatly appreciated. And I'd like for you to do me a favor, if you would, please. If you work for or with any of these sponsors, please thank your boss or thank your contact at the sponsor firm and let them know that you appreciate their leadership in the industry through the sponsorship. You'd be surprised how far that simple note of thanks will go. And as long as you're letting the sponsors know you appreciate their support of water industry education and thought leadership, why not leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, or whatever other podcast directory you're accessing the podcast on it would be greatly appreciated and, of course, will help others find out about the podcast. Now it's on to our featured guest, Christina Lundbeck. So let's get that water flowing. Well, Christina, welcome to the Water Values Podcast. Great to have you on. How are, how are things in Sweden today? Hi, David. Uh, thanks a lot. Um, Sweden is quite great at the moment. The winter is coming, that's for sure, and it's raining. Uh, I love the Game of Thrones reference right at, yeah. the, right at the outset. <laughs> Terrific. Um, so, Christina, um, would love to dive into, we have so much to cover today, and I'm very excited to speak with you. For those who may not uh, know who you are uh, and kind of what you're doing, 
Uh, could you give us a little thumbnail on your background and how you got interested in water? Sure. Uh, my background is uh, we grew up in the archipelago in Sweden. So it's a small island in the middle of the ocean, basically. So I was really in close contact with water all my life. And I mean, from an early age, I saw the amount of garbage coming in on our beach. It was mostly plastic. And uh, that got me really, really sad about it. So I, I tried to study uh, environmental things like the Baltic Sea and whatever, but I got so depressed because it was so much things to do uh, and so little time. So I actually stopped studying environmental uh, topics. Uh, so I, then I started to be in the sort of environmental things, but only as a side thing. And then I went, became an engineer to study engineering and uh, yeah, get on with that part <laughs> of my life. Um, yeah. So that's sort of the, the background why I love the environment because I grew up in it. Yeah, that's, that's a great, great foundation. So what are you doing today? Where, where is that love of the environment brought you to today? Sure. Uh, I was studying, um, like I said before, a little bit of environmental things and also the engineering part. And I grew up with my father as well. Uh, he was the inventor of all of these products. And well, when I was, uh, I was doing some um, selling of medical equipment, uh, but then I thought, ah, this is so boring. I have to do something about uh, the environment. So I started to work with my father, actually, in 2016. And then I worked side along him and I saw all of the good things that we could do. But yeah, he was the inventor and he wasn't that interested in selling stuff. So that's my background. I love to sell and I like to market things. Because you need to sell to earn money and also to affect the environment. Yeah. Yeah. And so you said you started working with your dad. Let's talk about what your dad was doing. Um, can, let, t Cause this is a fascinating story. So, t so, so yeah. pl please, <laughs> please, please uh, start, start from kind of square one with what your dad was doing and how, you know, his kind of, I'll just call it tinkering. I know that's uh, uh, isn't giving him justice, but he was, he was tinkering around. You say he didn't, wasn't into selling. Tell, tell us what he was yeah. tinkering around with. So it actually started with my grandfather. He passed away of a heart failure. And my father, Stig Lundbeck, was a doctor. So he started to investigate how does the heart really works. And he discovered that it performs like a pumping, uh, like, like a pump, basically, uh, with auto-regulating functions. So it was, pretty, it was unknown before. So he uh, took a patent of that. It's a DAPP. It's Dynamic Adaptive, Adaptive Piston Pump. So he created artificial hearts and pumps based on his discovery, how the heart really works. And you all know that the heart is really adaptable and it works 24-7 mostly. <laughs> so it's a, it's a really cool um, thing in, in your body. So he created prototypes and patents based on that. Uh, but the medical faculties weren't really accepting his sort of discoveries. He was saying like the earth is round when they thought it was flat. So he thought, okay, how can I go around this? So he started a couple of companies. One of them is Surf Cleaner. And Surf Cleaner is the company that I work mostly on today. It's based on the human heart. And so, and also we discovered um, a wave converter called Core Power Ocean. So he can actually convert wave energy yeah, to energy, yeah. basically. Yeah. And, and so, also, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Christina. I'm sorry. No, it was uh, another invention as well that I'm, I'm also involved in. It's cascade drives. It's uh, electromechanical drives for heavy-duty applications. So he was really a environmental inventor, let's say that. 
Yeah, that, I mean, it, it's it's fascinating that that he was able to transfer the knowledge from the medical field to the environmental field. Uh, but let's let's talk about the surf cleaner first, because sure. when when you say the you have an environmental invention that's based on the human heart. I think a lot of people are going to say, what do you, what do you mean? How, how, how is it possible to have an environmental invention? Cause maybe, maybe we ought to back up even further and say, what is, what does surf cleaner do? And then we can get into how it actually works, how it's based on the human heart. So can you kind of tell us what surf cleaner sure. is? Um, a, a surf cleaner is basically a skimmer, but it's a hybrid. It's uh, we can collect from the water surface, all kind of floating debris, it could be sludge, oil, plastics, whatever. And then it goes into the chamber and then it's separated based on a sort of gravimetrical separation. So what's floating on the water surface will float up in the surf cleaner as well. And then when the surf cleaner is full, it just automatically reverse the flow and just push it out in different bags. So it looks like a skimmer, but it's not. It's like a hybrid and that's the unique part there's nothing else like it in the world okay so so the the bad stuff i'll, I'll just use that uh, when my very <laughs> highly technical term the bad stuff goes in it gets put into a bag and once the bag is full it seals itself and gets kicked out and you just got to go pick it up or it could be a bag but it could also be a lot of our applications that we do have is refineries Okay. I mean, oil is not that popular in the world right now, but you need to make the refineries cleaner. So what we can do is that we can take the pollution of their wastewater, sort of the, the surface of the wastewater, and to clean it. So we, uh, like you say, collect it, and then we disregard it back into the refinery. So you have actually a pipe connected to the surf cleaner that pushes it out okay. uh, with hardly no water in it, and then go, it goes back to the refinery so you can reuse it. Okay. Oh, well, well, even better. So it's not just a yeah. floating bag that you actually have to go pick up. Um, well, so that, that that's absolutely fascinating, at least to, to me. And I, I, there's there's so many questions that come to mind. You you say skimmer. Uh, so it, you've, you've focused on oil. What about solid waste? You, you mentioned all the plastic that used to wash up on your beach. Can it, can yeah, it? so I mean, we we that's one of our the passions that we got. So, um, but we we have different kind of uh, surf cleaner sort of machines. Uh, one of them are for oil and diesel and things like that. And then we have another one, another model for floating sludge because in wastewater treatment plants, it's really difficult to get rid of the floating sludge. It's basically bacteria, and the uh, wastewater treatment plants doesn't want to have that. Uh, and then we have another one that we're going to sort of develop further to take care of floating plastics. And we are not going to focus on, on the ocean thing because that's huge. The ocean is quite difficult to take care of. So why don't we try to focus upstream, close to the industry and make the industry take more responsibility? So we help them to do that so we can clean their wastewater and also through rivers and harbors so it doesn't go out to the vast seas. Yeah. So you're, this is not necessarily something that it, it, it could be deployed in the oceans, but it's more, um, yeah, the, the upstream. So you're, you're actually going into wastewater treatment plants. Are you putting it in the, like, uh, some sort of resident? So talk about how, let's talk about the wastewater application. If, if I own a wastewater treatment plant, what what am I going to do or what do I want to, what do I need to, what problem are you solving for me? 
yeah, uh, if we look at the wastewater treatment plants today, uh, you have different kind of basins where the sludge is going to get separated from the water. So usually it goes down to the bottom, but then you have some bacteria and other things that comes up to the surface called floating sludge. And that's what the thing I mentioned before, you want to get rid of that because then if you have that, it will disturb your process in the water cleaning thingy. So today people go in with vacuum trucks, try to suck it out, but then you get a lot of water in it as well. And you transport a lot of water. It costs energy and manpower. Or you can just use pressurized water to try to rinse, rinse it out. But then you use a lot of fresh water as a lot of energy waste. And it takes time. Nobody wants to do that job. I'm talking to a lot of those technicians and they hate it because <laughs> it stinks, it's dirty. So what we've discovered is that the surf tinner, you just place it there in the basin when you have the floating sludge. And then the surf tinner will collect the sludge and then push it out into tanks or in the case that we are doing now, two studies in Sweden, we transport the sludge with less water content because we have less water content. You push it back to um, yeah, sort of a treatment chamber where you create um, biogas and then you can reuse the sludge, get rid of it and also create biogas that you can use. So it's really energy, energy efficient. Okay, so you, you put it in the... in the the reservoirs yeah. and and it's just like just like you were talking about the oil there's a pipe that the will take the sludge from the surf cleaner to this holding tank where at the holding tank you can just dispose of the sludge or you can use it for biogas production Didn't yeah that's okay. correct. And you can dry it as well if you don't want to use it as a biogas because a lot of these wastewater treatment plants are pretty small, so they don't, they don't have access to that. But they can dry the sludge in certain biotubes that's yeah, affordable and it's all over the place. Everybody has it. And then you can dry the, dry the sort of uh, waste and then you can also burn it when it's dry and you can get back some uh, minerals that you mm -hmm. need. Phosphor, for instance. That's Yeah. Yeah, ter terrific. So, um, you know, so that is that's the wastewater application. Talk to me yes. about the uh, industrial wastewater, and this is more of the oil side. So, rather than yep. going to into a wastewater treatment plant and putting these surf cleaners in a in a tank, but by the way, I should ask, how big are these things? Are do they come in multiple sizes? I mean, how many? How, how many? Yeah, for now, yeah, yeah. For, for now we have. Um, three different applications, uh, two for oil, one big and one small, and then one for wastewater treatment plants. And the size of it, the smaller one, the smaller unit for oil, it can separate around 1,000 liters oil per hour. So you can actually, that's a, yeah, that's quite huge, but it weighs only like 29 kilos. It's 60 centimeters in diameter um, with floating pontoons that uh, go out when you put it in the water. And also the the bigger model that we have in the refineries that also ATEX or EX certified, they um, are around one and a half meter across and weighs 200 kilos. So you need to have a lifting crane or whatever, but the refineries have that. So you just uh, place the surf cleaner where you want to have it using a crane or manpower and then you leave it there and then it starts to collect yeah. Are, are, are the pipe, is the piping, is it, I assume it's, it's kind of um, hard piping rather than um, what all, just like a hose. Yeah, but it's flexible. You can have uh, the, fir 
when you look at a surf cleaner, there's a, a fixed pipe, like you say before, because it could pressure or press it up in the pipe. But then you have a flex, flexible part of the tube, so it can connect to uh, what kind of the yeah, refinery has their pipes and so on. So it could be because sometimes in a refinery, the water level becomes a little bit higher or lower, so it has to be a little bit flexible. Okay, that makes sense. Um, because the f- surf tin floats on the water surface. Yeah. Is there any energy needed to pump the, cause we we're talking about the human heart, right? We'll, we'll get, yep. I haven't forgot about that. I will get to that. <laughs> um, yeah. but is any energy needed to, to quote unquote pump the oil or sludge to the holding chamber? So what you need is actually the surf cleaner. That's the, the only moving part in the surf cleaner is the small propeller in the bottom. So it creates a negative pressure when it starts to collect because then it sucks down both the water and the pollutant inside the chamber. And when it's full, the propeller will reverse its flow. So it re- reverses its sort of yeah, the line it goes for and then start to create a positive pressure instead, building it from with clean water from underneath and pushing up the oil uh, until it's sort of empty again. So the only thing you need is actually electricity for the propeller. So the pumping thing is, is, is really sort of Small, it's uh, uses more almost like a lighting bulb when it comes to energy consumption. So it's between 60 watts to uh, 250 watts. Mm, got it. Compared to yeah, other equipment that uses a more energy. Okay. So now that we've now that we've broached this pumping topic, and, and I know I said I was going to get to the industrial wastewater stuff, but we we've, we're we're kind of deep into the 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 pumping aspect of this. Can you talk about? Uh, the 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 relation to the human heart and this you know how, the pumping issue i i just i just think this is a yeah a, it's a, it's difficult to explain if you don't have i mean we have a video of it uh, on our web page and, and also on youtube but uh, it's the heart has different chambers and you also use different kind of pressures and with the heart it's high flows low pressure because that's why i mean if you only have around seven liters or six to seven liters of blood in your heart but you can yeah you can pump it around at least two or three hundred liters together so it's it's usually a lot of high flows and it's the same with surf cleaner it's huge flows in it but it's low pressure so that's why it doesn't consume that much of energy so it's yeah different chambers and it uses natural forces only because i mentioned before with the sort of uh, gravimetrical separation that we occurs inside the chambers um so it's 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 based on that if you see the, the pictures and so but it's not really like the heart because my father made some artificial pumps based on the flows and the valves of a heart and then surf cleaner just was uh, sort of invented from that <laughs> one because you got a question actually from a environmental agency in Sweden a while ago because Surfclean is pretty old. It's created in 1994. But you got a, pre- a question, can your artificial hearts or pumps separate oil as well? So that's where it all started. It's really, it was really like a problem solver. If someone handed to him, can you solve this problem? Then he made sure that he could. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's fascinating. So let's Let's get back to the uh, industrial wastewater application. So, um, you, if I have a refinery, what problem? I mean, how how would you deploy surf cleaner at the refinery? We, yeah, we got a question from a refinery in Augusta, at Sicily. They had some problems with uh, vaporizing D 
diesel because in the area in Augusta, it's uh, really close to the volcano Etna, uh, but there's a lot of refineries there and they recognize that a lot of population got cancer. And the government, the local government said to the refineries that you have to take care of your emissions, otherwise you have to close. And that's where, when they got in touch with us, because previously it was ExxonMobil, but now they have changed the owner, but they have used surf cleaners like in 15 years. So they asked us, um, yeah, can you still do this? And I have taken over the company of my father. So I said, yeah, we can. So um, they actually bought two surf cleaners put in their API separators where their wastewater comes up from the refinery. It could be stormwater, rainwater, leakage or whatever. Everything goes into different pools and then they have a lot of oil in those pools. I think they mentioned about two, two cubic meters per hour in each pool of like oil or sludge coming out. Yeah. So it's 24-7 and it's a lot of vaporization. They mentioned to me that it was 150,000 liters of diesel vaporizing every year. Oh, wow. And that creates uh, bad methane gases for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, so they put them in there, in their API separators. Okay. So they put two surf cleaners there and they connect it to uh, yeah, the, the tubes we were discussing before. And mm -hmm. also, yeah, so we have some uh, Siemens uh, software as well. So they integrate it in their system. So it's fully automatic. You, we help them to calibrate it because it depends on what kind of sludge we got. Or is it diesel or oil or a combination? And they, and they also have some solids in there paraffin so but we can take care of all of that so the yeah. surfing doesn't care just sucks it down <laughs> in yeah. the machine so so how do you um uh treat or how no, i shouldn't say treat how do you capture and you, you say you can take care of all of it what are there different things for for example the solids like paraffin and diesel and and just straight oil i mean what how do you how do you distinguish in between those um, pollutants? Uh, we don't do that. I mean, if it depends on what the customer have. If they have a slop of everything in it, we can just separate it from the water. Okay. So then we, uh, yeah, they pump it up in the back to refine it because they have crude oil or whatever they have to refine. So they can take care of that process. But it's one of our clients that actually have it in Sweden called Midrock. They were industrial waste handlers, so they took care of all the industrial waste and collected in a big pile of dirt let's say that and there were gloves in it there were golf balls everything uh in the oil but the surf cleaner just yeah collected it all and yeah. then when they pushed it backwards they had a mesh uh, with all these big things stucking out and then the pure oil will just fall down to a container and then they shipped it across the border and sold it to norway and got some money back so they really really happy about it because no one else no pump can handle these kind of gloves or plastic bands in, in because then they get yeah they broke down yeah what so we we've talked about refining are there other applications for example um other types of industries that might take advantage of surf cleaner products yeah, we have a lot of, I mean, it gets new applications uh, sort of every day, it seems. Uh, a steel mill in Argentina just uh, placed an order for two machines um, because they have some yeah, waste water that they need to take care of and take responsibility for. So that's great. But you also have mining here in Sweden. We had some back in the days during the World War, we had some storage of crude oil inside the sort of mountains and the mines. But now they want to get rid of it. 
So then we have a couple of search engines there. So it depends actually, we have different kinds of applications when it comes to that. So it could be factories, industries, uh, steel mills, even the Coast Guard has it for minor spills because diesel is quite difficult to handle for traditional skimmers. You get mostly water in it. So that's where like surflings come in to, to shine a little bit because they, we like diesel. Yeah. So um, that, that's, that's great. What about, so you mentioned this um, uh, steel mill. What, what, what does a steel mill, why would a steel mill need? To they get a lot of uh, hydraulic oil could leak or because they use oil in their processes. And uh, yeah, so it's a lot of their, their wastewater, basically. Yeah. So so really, would I be correct in saying that if if uh, an entity needs some sort of industrial pretreatment before it discharges wastewater into a public sewer or public wastewater treatment facility, that Surf Cleaner could help with with that industrial pretreatment, is that a correct statement? That's a correct statement for okay. sure, because it's uh, it's a problem here in Sweden at least that that the different industries have to take care of their wastewater before, like you say, it ends up in the uh, yeah, official wastewater treatment plants. So we can fill that hole actually. So we can treat it. It's it's and they can reuse what they have and get cleaner results because the refinery in Augusta mentioned to us that they sort of uh, the things left in the water are much less now. So it's parts per million of our carbon hybrid carbons in the water, but now it's much, much lower than the limit. So we can help out in that sense. So Christina, I'm, I'm sure you've seen the news about the recent oil spill in California. Um, um, I know that you have said you focus on the upstream side. What about an application to uh, remove oil, you know, like take care of oil spills or plastics or so, or something like that out in the open sea. I mean, what is that kind of in your, in, it sounds like it would be in the wheelhouse of what you could do, but is that is number one, is it, and are there plans to move in that direction? Sure. Uh, well, if it's close to the coast, we, for instance, in Sweden, we have the Swedish coast guard using surf cleaning for, when in, yeah, it's diesel, uh, and we're investigating in the UK as well for like minor oil spills in the rivers or lakes or things like that. But if it's out in the ocean, I think it's a bit too difficult for us to, to take care of it because it's a, it's a huge thing to be able to do that. But if it's close to the coast or harbors, for sure, that's something we can do. Yeah. And is, is, does that have something to do with like the waves or anything like that? Is that kind of what makes it difficult? Yeah. And also the, the amount of space because uh, oil is quite, um, it wants to escape, let's say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's spread out on a water surface really, really quick. So you have to be sure that you can uh, sort of limit it to have some lenses or booms. Mm -hmm. uh, and if the area is too wide, it's quite hard for the surf unit to attract all of the oil. So I think that's a physical barrier for us. But then you have this positive, pos <laughs> positive thing is that you have skimmers then, uh, big brush skimmers for the big um, uh, yeah, ships going yeah. out that take a big, bigger area. But so when it's a bit smaller for us, then we can take care of it. And we can also, if they start with, the bigger picture and, and have narrowed it down, then we can take small sheen because sheen is really difficult for sk traditional skimmers to take care of. Mm -hmm. So I, I see a um, collaboration there. Yeah. 
Well, uh, collaboration's good. I love it. So, Christina, yeah. it has been just absolutely wonderful speaking with you today. I've I've always love it when I speak with my uh, international guests, and you're no different. Um, Thank you for that. Oh, you bet. I, I I think what you're doing is great. Uh, do you have a what's your leave behind message? Well, I we all know that the. Uh, the problem and the trend is obvious. There's a sense of urgency in the air. So I think what you and I can do is a lot of pressure for private or small persons to do all of this stuff, but we need to get, get the attention of the industry to make them to take responsibility, but also to help them to take responsibility, to see that there are quite cheap and, and easy things to do just to get, yeah, treat your waste better. So I think it's really important for, for the industry to take a little bit more responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Christina, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it was absolutely wonderful speaking with you. I'm so glad that uh, we were able to find time to speak with each other. Uh, for those who want to find out more about you, more about surf cleaner and the other products you've kind of discussed, can you, uh, can you tell us where we can go to get that information? Sure. Um, you can come uh, go to visit our webpage, surfclean.com. So surfcleaner.com. It's uh, yeah, pretty easy to find. Uh, there you find all the videos and also some downloads and materials, what we do. Awesome. Well, Christina, thank you again. Really appreciate it. And I hope we meet someday in person. For sure. All right. I hope so too. Thanks <laughs> for today. You bet. Thanks, Christina. Bye. Bye. Weren't you just so impressed with Christina and her description of Surf Cleaner and the Surf Cleaner product itself? Uh, I love their concept of small scale, stop it before it gets to the ocean and creates even bigger problems model. It's really terrific to, to speak with her and learn about Surf Cleaner's technology. So thank you so much, Christina. Really appreciate you coming on. Well, I'd love to know what you thought about this uh, podcast. Please let me know. Uh, in the show notes page, uh, you can check it out for information and links on this episode. Just Google the Water Values Podcast, click the first link that comes up. That'll take you to our landing page on the Bluefield Research site, uh, site. Again, the Water Values LLC and Bluefield Research are not affiliated companies. We just have a joint marketing arrangement. And they're, as part of that, they're kind enough to give us a home on the web. You can also tweet about the podcast using the hashtag Water Values and tweet at me using my handle at DTM1993. You can email me at david.mcgimsey at dentons.com, and you can sign up for the newsletter at that landing page as well. Thank you again for tuning in, and I hope everyone out there has a terrific 2022. Plus, I want to give a huge thank you to our sponsors. Again, the sponsors of the Water Values Podcast for 2022 include Intera, Xylem, the American Waterworks Association, Black & Veatch, Can Do, Mentor APM, 374 Water, and Woodard and & Curran. This show would not be possible without those great companies and industry leaders. And again, thank you for your support and for listening. I can't tell you how good it feels to be part of the water industry with such caring and dedicated participants that I get to work with and interact with on a daily basis. I look forward to having a great 2022 with you, and we'll catch you next time. In closing, please remember to keep the core message of the Water Values Podcast in mind as you go about your daily business. Water is our most valuable resource, so please join me by going out into the world and acting like it.
been listening to the Water Values Podcast. Thank you for spending some of your day with my dad and me. Well, thank you for tuning in to the disclaimer. I'm a lawyer licensed in Indiana and Colorado, and nothing in this podcast should be taken as providing legal advice or as establishing an attorney-client relationship with you or with anyone else. Additionally, nothing in this podcast should be considered a solicitation for professional employment. I'm just a lawyer that finds water issues interesting and that believes greater public education is needed about water issues. And that includes enhancing my own education about water issues because no one knows everything about water.